0: Father, this morning as we come to you, Lord, we want to come to you with a, a humble heart, with a thankful heart, but God, we come to you with a broken heart as well. God, for these children that are suffering this morning, God, we just want to lift each one of them up to you. Lord, this sweet little Maisie, is, she's home now, but Lord, as she goes through her treatments, she's weak, she's hurting. God, I pray that this morning that you would be with her parents and her. God, I pray that you would just give her the will to continue to grow and to be strong and to face these obstacles with you by our side, for little Zeke, God as he is, he is so sick right now as he's got a couple more treatments to go. Lord, he's he's feeble. He's uh, as about as weak right now as he's ever been. God, I pray for Curtis and Ashley. God, that you would be with those parents as they love and they hug and they they embrace that child. Lord, as he's sick and Lord as any parent would want, they'd love to take it away from them, put it on themselves. But God, you're making them stronger through this all, and we thank you for that. God, for uh, little Mercy, as she celebrated her first birthday Friday, God, we thank you for that. Lord, as, as so many people in this community, as we, we wore red, even in Wataga, we was wearing red for mercy. And God, we thank you for that testimony from her parents. God, we thank you for that little life that you've touched and you've done such a great thing in in her life and in her heart, God, and in that family situation, God, we thank you for them being an inspiration to the churches and for this community as well, how that little one-year-old has drawn so many people closer together. We thank you for allowing us to be a small part of that in this prayer. God, and for this little child, Denver, as we have just learned about this situation, God, in his heart, God, this, the surgery this morning at 745 as they rolled him in. God, we don't know the outcome. We don't even know the real situation right now. We just know that it's a child, and he is in your hands. God, I pray that you would lift up that family, that community down there in Burnsville. God, I pray that you would be with them as they are probably doing the same thing this morning as we are. We're lifting up this child to you. Lord, it's an obligation that we have as a church. We're obligated to pray for those that are hurt and those that are in need, especially for those that are unable to do for themselves. And that's what we're here doing this morning, lifting them up to you. And God, for, for Andrea's friend who has a, a, a daughter that's pregnant, God, for that child, God, it, it's uh, not going well right now. It's not growing the way that it should. But God, we know that uh, you formed us in the womb. We know that you have uh, the, the head count, the hair count on our head. We know that you have perfectly designed each and every one of us. So, Lord, we don't know what's going on inside the womb, but you do. And God, I pray that you'd touch that mother, touch that child, and be with that family as well. God, I pray that as that child is born, that it's as perfect as we could ever imagine, because we know that you made that child. And God, this morning, for those that are grieving, we want to lift them up to you. As we we pray for the the life of these children, we want to pray for those that are grieving for the loss of life. God, we lift up Madison and her family to you as they grieve. Lord, be with Madison as she travels, and give her a, a hedge of protection around her. And, God, we want to lift up the Watauga County school system, the Neff family, the Greer family, uh, through the loss of Michael. God, he's such a great man. It's such a huge impact that he made on our community in such a short little time. But we thank you for his life. And, God, I pray today that you would be with the preachers as they preach that funeral. God, you be with the children as they, they grieve in a, in a way they're not used to. God, I pray for a, a great blessing to fall upon them. God, as they preach, I pray for salvation from those kids that they'd come to know and accept you, Lord, through this time of grief, Lord, through this time of of, uh, not being able to understand what's going on. I pray that the gospel be preached and souls will be saved. We thank you for this church, Lord, for this opportunity to come together as a whole, as a congregation, and pray. God, I pray that today that you'd bless them for their time and their effort. We love you. We praise you this morning. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Except for the kids, I need the kids to stay up here just a second. All of Sit right here on the front pew. All of you, right up there. Keep on moving, right up there, because Diamond's gonna come up here and she's gonna sing. Can you? Can you get in there? You can get in there. You gonna come up here? You're a big youngin'. No, I want you to go sit down. Take your brother and go sit down. <laughs> All right, this morning, We're going to do a little something real quick with the kids. I want to try to do this. I don't know if we'll be able to do it every Sunday, but I'm a huge believer in objective lessons, and I want to do this real quick. Uh, over in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, the um, Bible says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, savior, uh, wherewith shall it be salted it is thenceforth good for nothing but to cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men so this is for the kids this morning you adults go to sleep or do whatever you want to do but I want to talk to kids for just a second salt you guys like salt you like salt a little bit of salt a lot of salt lots of salt That's just a little bit I'm, I'm with Dane on that one I, i'm with you too i like just a little bit so we have salt salt's a good thing in the bible they talked about salt salt was valuable it's like money so the, a lot of the roman soldiers would be paid with salt instead of with gold or silver or dollars or whatever so it's very valuable And that's what god was talking or jesus was talking about how valuable salt is but we are salt so we are valuable salt makes a difference if you don't like your food what do you do to your food you put salt on it you, you make it where you can't eat it right it's valuable it, has, it, has, um, it changes things. So that's what he's telling us, as, as salt of, of uh, the earth, as we are to be salt to other people, we are to make a difference and to change things. So I had this little thing right here. I did it last night at home, and it worked. And I'm going to show you how salt can make a difference, and then we'll be done. I even brought my eggs with me this morning. These are real eggs. So that right there is just a glass of water, no salt in it. And watch what happens when I put this egg in there. Ready? It sunk, didn't it? So salt, water, here, if I put my egg in there, what did it do? It floated. Salt made a difference, didn't it? See, a little bit of salt when we... He's going to knock us over. I can just see it coming. That's, that's what Jesus is telling us to do. We have to make a difference in somebody's life. So a little bit of salt made the difference in that egg's life, right? It didn't hit the bottom. It floats. But what happens if you have too much salt? How many of y'all have ever put too much salt on your popcorn? It's going to what? It's going to explode. <laughs> it, it might make you explode. might make your heart explode. Too much salt. Make, you can't eat it, can you? If there's too much salt on something, you can't eat it. So it's too salty, and you don't want to eat that. So he, what Jesus is telling us is to be salt make a difference, but don't be too salty when you do it. If you put too much salt, which is saying if you try to cram Jesus down somebody's throat, then they're not going to listen to you. You're going to make them bitter, and they're not going to listen to you. So he says be just, just salty enough to get the gospel out there and to make a difference. Okay? Does that make sense? That was short and sweet, wasn't it? We can all go home now. Go make a difference. Don't be too salty. Go have your seat. <laughs> I want to do that. That's something I've always wanted to do with kids is try to do that a little bit more often and try to make a difference. Because I like, like I said, I love objective lessons. I love just the, the visualization for some things. And I didn't make a mess. What? Oh, Tina, I am so sorry. Tina is... Uh, they're, they're still, they have still. got one more test to go. See, I told you if I don't write things down, I don't remember them, and I just forgot that. Tina's got one more test to go to figure out if she's going to have to have a valve replacement or a valve repair this week. So we have got to be in prayer for Tina this week as she she waits. We know there's going to be surgery. There's going to be open heart surgery. Just don't know if it'll be a repair or a replacement on her valve. So y'all, please remember Tina uh, in the days ahead, and we'll try to keep you posted as as here. What you gonna say? Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Good job. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, we're almost done with it. Hebrews chapter 11. Is everything good? good? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's good. Red light's on, my green light's on. We're in good shape. Hebrews chapter 11. We live in a nation, we live in a great nation. I might get a little patriotic here for just a minute, but we live in a a great nation, one of the greatest nations ever founded on the face of the earth. When there has been research done on our nation, the one thing that we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, with all certainty, is that our founding, our forefathers founded every document that they wrote on the Bible. We know that. That's a fact. Every document forged by our forefathers came out of and was inspired by the Word of God. That's how you found a country. That's how you found a country. And I don't know where we're at right now in the world, but it, we fluctuate between 240 and 245 countries in the world. Just depends on. Who wants to invade and raid the other one right now? Ain't one of them founded the way that we're founded. That's what makes us great. I brag on my country. I I don't mind to tell people, I'm from America. When I've traveled, I love it when people, they stamp my passport, I get my visa, and they say, you're from America. I said yes, I am. I love it. I love to be able to tell people that. Now, we are founded on the Word of God, which is a good thing. But what we're going to talk about today is another nation that was built by God. And we're going to talk about the nation of Israel and how they were formed and what they had to face on this earth. Now, we're, we're just a, a, you know, a couple hundred years into our infancy as a country, and you look at the nation of Israel, and it's old. It's an old nation. But God had his hand on that nation, and God continues to have his hand on that nation. We know what's going on over there right now, and we know that it's not actually getting any better. The media is just not talking about it. And now we've got, uh, you know, next door to Israel, we've got Jordan, and we've got Iran and Iraq, and we've got all these little places that are are hurting our nation and, and killing our soldiers. And so there's some retaliation taking place right now. But with what's going on, God still has his hand over Israel. He is protecting this great country. They've been through a lot. They've had a a dramatic life, but they've had a miraculous life. And we're going to look at a a couple of the miracles of Israel this morning and show their faith as a nation, as a whole. The type of, when I look at Israel, I look at Israel as a church, a type of church, and how they came together and they followed their God. As a church, we need to do the same thing, is we need to stay together and follow our God in all that we do. Now looking at their past, we're going to see that what we can learn as a nation and as a church. If you got your Bibles open, stand just a moment. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty nine. I guess I better go over there. Eleven twenty nine. Bible says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. Verse 30 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were uh, compassed about seven days. That's it. That's it. Conley, would you open us up in prayer, please? have a seat (laughs) me and paisley are a bunch of nerds and we got we got a bird feeder at the house that uh, has a camera on it and so it's going off right now like crazy i'm gonna take my watch off because it keeps vibrating around my wrist telling me we got birds eating bird seeds at home first thing this morning israel's faith was a faith that obeyed god against overwhelming forces there was a lot going on right now with this little nation, with this group of people. It's threefold. First thing you got to remember is they was being chased by a really mean Egyptian king. He was mean. Second thing you've got to remember is Mother Nature, or nature in general. They had tall mountains on one side, and then they had a river on another side and that was preventing them from moving forward. And the third thing, and this is the important thing, because this is what we talk about a lot when we talk about the children of Israel, and the fact that we know they were Baptist because they argued and complained the entire time they were moving. That was the, th- it was the threefold. That, that's what they were going through. That's the, th- the, the threats to the nation of Israel wasn't just the Egyptians. It was the Egyptian army and their king, It was nature, which was the mountain and river, and then it was themselves. That that was the the forces that were threatening this little bitty nation. uh, Exodus chapter 14, verse 11 says, And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us? to carry us forth out of Egypt. Now, again, this is them complaining. This is them griping. There are no graves for us. Are you taking us outside of Egypt to die? Are you taking us out here to this mountaintop to die on the mountain? Are you going to throw us in the river? Or are we just going to let the Egyptians come kill us? Are we just going to complain and murmur and gripe the whole time until we just you know, get tired of each other and split, our, split out and go our separate ways? Why are we here? It's easy for us to see now that we have the whole story. We've got the Word of God. We can go back and we can look at the Exodus. That's what we call it. That's, that's why that book of the Bible is called Exodus. It's the Exodus. But we also have Hebrew. We've got the book of Hebrews. We've got other books of the Bible, and we can go into the Gospels if you want to, and you can see where Jesus himself starts comparing and talking about that exodus and even today we can parallel that exodus and the things that took place right prior to it and then right up to it we can parallel that with our salvation as well there's a lot there with this exodus they were hemmed up with no way to escape from this king and this king and his army were they in hot pursuit i mean this is this is bigger than smoky and the bandit this this is a big thing they had a, an entire army this was the strongest army At that time, was the strongest army going against a a bunch of, of whiny people, a nation. The strongest army in the world coming after them. And they were scared. They were hemmed up. Now, they didn't know what to do. There was no chance the Egyptians would take any prisoners back. No chance whatsoever. Do you remember what we talked about last week? The death angel. The death angel had come by. Remember, because they, they had taken the, the blood of the lamb, they had placed it on the lintel and the doorpost, and the death angel passed by those houses because they had faith and trust in God, and so the death angel passed by. All right, so the Egyptians are pretty mad now because the firstborn sons had been taken by the death angel. Those that did not put the blood over their doors, they lost their firstborn. So there was vengeance in the Egyptian army, there was, there was a hatred towards God and the children of Israel right now. And so there would be no prisoners. They would slay them. They would kill them right there on the spot. They were that mad. They were that angry. Israel was doomed. Now, And, and, and Israel knew that. These people knew they were doomed. The odds were overwhelming unless God stepped in. So we prayed this morning for these children, and we look at their situations, we look at what they're going through, and we feel like, and their parents probably feel like it's overwhelming, unless God steps in, something's something's not going to change, or something bad's going to happen. They have this overwhelming feeling that something is going to take place, and that we can't stop it, but it's because they have not turned to God. We know... When we get overwhelmed, we have to turn to God. We can't turn to mankind. We can't turn to our doctors or anything like that. We have to turn to God. I don't know what you're doing. Moses was already a step ahead of them, though. Moses had already turned to God. Moses already had a faith in God. And so Moses had to be this leader, this poster child of what to do in a time of overwhelming odds. You need to do like I do, and you need to follow God. Exodus 14 says, uh, 14, 13 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord, I love this, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you, and, and that doesn't just end at the Exodus. That goes right on up into February 4th of 2024. Right. The Lord will fight for you. The Bible tells us about his strong arm, his strong hand. He tells us that, about how he loves us and how he will protect us. As a parent, that's what we do. We, we love and we protect and we watch out for our children when you can see them while they're under the table. I can't see him, y'all just, uh, somebody scream if he hits something. The salvation of the Lord was being proclaimed. In in obedience to God's command, Moses lifted up his rod. I wish I'd brought my little stick with me again. But in obedience to God's command, he lifted up his rod, and he waved that thing over the Red Sea. hmm Bible tells us, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left hand. By faith, God, no, I'm sorry, Moses followed God's commandment. By faith, the children of Israel followed Moses onto dry land. Now, y'all know me. I'm terrified of water. I can't stand water. I would have probably been the one that they was dragging through the dirt because I'm not walking in between two walls of water. It just, just, just the thoughts of that scares me to death. When we talk about this, I want you to think about The parting of the Red Sea is amazing. That That is amazing. But the dry land is always what amazes me. Y'all know what happens when it rains. You get mud. So you just think about all this water sitting on top of this seabed, and then all of a sudden it parts and it's dry. That blows my mind. And now they're allowed to walk across it. By faith, they followed Moses down that dry bed. <laughs> You can't run fast enough. (laughs) By faith, they followed Moses on that dry bed. By faith, they believed that God would not cause that water to fall. By faith, they knew they weren't going to mar up knee-deep in mud. It was by faith that they did what they did. But their salvation wasn't in Moses. Their salvation wasn't in the dry bed. Their salvation wasn't even in the parted waters. Their salvation was on the other side of the Red Sea. That's where they were trying to get to. If they could just reach that point, they would be safe. God would protect them. They'd been grumbling, but the message of God's servant Moses had stirred their hearts. Sometimes that's what we need. We sit and we have these little pity parties by ourselves, and it's just, oh, woe, oh, woe is me, and oh, poor pitiful me, and we just, we're just hard on ourselves. But sometimes we just need a message from God. To stir us up, sometimes we need to be listening for God to touch our hearts and move us forward, and that's what they were doing. They they were hemmed up for a while. They had a mountain, they had a sea, they had an army, they had themselves. So they were hemmed up for a while, but once they got past themselves, and once they focused on God, and they heard from the word, or they heard from God's man, they heard from Moses. They had faith, and they moved forward. They believed God, and then they started to march in faith forward. That's a, that's a clear picture of salvation today. When you hear from God, you move forward. When you hear from God, you get up and you move forward. You get out of your pew and you move forward. You get out of your homes and you move forward. You get out of this little life that you're living and you move forward. You get out of your comfort zone and you move forward. Everything we do for God, we have to be moving forward. There is no good in moving backwards for God. Everything we do for him, we've got to move forward and take it with us. Proclaim the gospel as we move forward. Secondly, Israel's faith was a faith that delivered and brought protection. Verse 29, one more time, it says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as as by dry land. Which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. The nation of Israel believed God, so they were delivered in spite of overwhelming odds against them. They were delivered. They could have drowned, they could have got hemmed up there at the river or at the, the sea, and the Egyptian army could have just flogged them and killed them and left them there, they just pushed them off in the, in the sea, but they didn't. Not only this, but they were protected through the whole thing. Through the whole thing. When I say protected, they had dry land so they could easily walk across. The walls of the sea, straight up and down, never fell on top of them. I don't even think there was a mist that came out of it. It was completely dry and com- completely safe. God protected them through the entire thing. The Egyptians now were spiritually bi- blind to God in general. They had a hatred for him, because remember, again, he took their firstborn sons. So they had this hatred towards God, and God's working, and they were hardened in their sins. They were a bitter people. And if you think about it, the children of Israel were not an army either. They were not equipped for battle. All they had was Moses and his stick and God. They didn't even need Moses and his stick, they just needed God. The Egyptian army coming up behind them, they were armored. Chest plate, helmets, swords, spears, chariots. We can talk about that. You know that they've dug that up. And I think me and Keith talked about this at the Red Sea. They're finding chariot wheels right now. I love it. I love it when all these atheists are out there saying it never happened. But now science has proven that it happened. There is a ridge, and it look like, looks like a roadbed. And there's chariot wheels there from when God parted the Red Sea. The Egyptians saw no reason to rush. They saw no reason to slaughter them because they were, they were helpless. They were defenseless. The army acted blindly, carelessly. They were unthoughtful in their movements. They went right after the Israelites. They just pressed them. But God protected those who believed and trusted in, the, in Him. God he protects those of us that have put our faith and trust in Him. He protects us from the devil. Now, the devil's out there, and he makes things hard on us. But for those of us that have put our faith and trust in God, that He has a hedge of protection around us, We can't. Look, the best part about that is we can't, the devil can't take our salvation away from us. There's a lot of things that he can do. You can go back and look at Job if you want to and all that Job went through. But the one thing that the devil can't take from us is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That salvation that we have through the blood of the Lamb. He can't take that away from us. We're protected by God. The east wind died down. The two walls fell down. They were closing in, and the Egyptian army was drowned. But God's people were protected. Completely protected by the hand of God. He performed a miracle right there that solidified the faith. Moses' faith, I know, and then the other people that were following the children of Israel as they were following through, it solidified their faith. He protected them. He performed the miracle of salvation and deliverance for the people. For his people. Not the Egyptians, but for his people. But it was because of their faith. Thirdly, Israel's faith was a faith that believed the unusual. Believed un- uh, Now, we're going to go back into verse 30 because we're going to look at the walls of Jericho now. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. This verse moves forward about 40 years. This is after the, the crossing of the Red Sea. They've come on in towards the promised land. And now this is, this is a—they've been wandering in the wilderness for a while, and, and it has finally ended. Moses has died. Joshua has taken over as leader of the nation of Israel. So things have changed, changed for the good now, or the better, I guess. They've crossed the Jordan River. Remember what they've done? They crossed the Red Sea. Now they've crossed the Jordan River, same way, and they're moving forward. They have, they're getting finally, after 40 years, we're finally getting ready to take possession of the promised land. It is time. We've tried to quail. We've ate your manna. We've had an entire generation pass away. We've got a new generation coming up. Now it's time to make it to the promised land. Jericho is the very first battle to take hold in the promised land. And I'll tell you, I don't know how it was back then, but when I was in Jericho a couple years ago, it was 116 degrees, and they put fans up in certain places to blow hot air. That's all it was. It was just circulating hot air. It was hot. The walls are still there. It's still there where it fell, right where it fell. And you stand there and you look at this rubble, you look at these rocks, and you think about what God has done. I, I don't think about what the children of Israel have done. I mean, they, they obeyed God, but I think about what God has done. How will Israel take this city? Humanly speaking, if you look at this city, it is impossible. Because, again, it is the children of Israel. It's not an army. It's not a bunch of engineers. All right, it is a bunch of Baptists walking around. They're unarmed. They're ill-equipped. They've got nothing. And God's saying, this is what I need you to do. Their only hope was God. And he's willing to give them that victory over their enemies if they would just have faith in him and follow him, follow his, his, his command. I need you to do this for this certain amount of time, and great things are going to happen. God's plan was brilliant. I love this plan. It's a simple plan. God said, you're not equipped. This is what I need you to do. And he told them. He said, the people would march around Jericho once a day for six days. The people would march around. These children of Israel, they would just march around, go around the walls once once a day. That's it. That's all I ask you to do. For six days, just walk. Seven priests would lead the march with the Ark of the Covenant, and then the people would just follow right behind them. They didn't have to say nothing. Mind games. See, God knew what he was doing. He was messing with Jericho. Be quiet and just march. Be still and know that I am God. That's all he's telling them to do. Move forward. And follow that ark. And on the seventh day, God said that he wanted the people to march around that city seven times. And on the seventh time, the priest was to, to blow their horn. And when he would blow that horn, the walls of Jericho would come falling down, tumbling down, as the song says. But here's the thing. The people of Jericho knew something was up because they, for six days, they'd just seen a march once around it. And now they was marching multiple times around it. So the people in Jericho were curious as to what was going on, so that drew them up to the wall, on top of the walls. And as they were on top of the walls watching the, the, the children of Israel march, and then they stopped and they blew their horns, the walls fell with them on top. God saved them. God took care of the enemy. That didn't save Jericho. He saved the children of Israel. He took care of the enemy, and he saved his people. That's a battle plan. God said if the people would just follow his instruction, just mind me and his promise, then the walls of Jericho will fall down, but you've got to listen to me. Be quiet, march. Be quiet and march. The enemies were conquered because the people followed God's instruction. That's what I want you to get out of this this morning. Your enemy has been conquered. As Keith mentioned in, in, Bible, in a Sunday school this morning, Jesus conquered death and hell. He has the keys to the grave. He did that for us. But we're also told in the Bible that we have to watch out for the devil and, and his wiles and his darts as he throws these things at us, as he tries to mess in our lives. We need to be like the children of Israel and have a faith in God to protect us from what the devil is throwing at us. Because he's constantly throwing things at us. It might be spiritual warfare. It might be physical warfare. It might be mental warfare. It might be financial warfare. But the devil will find a way to throw a wrench into your life and make a mess out of your life. But we've got to be like the children of Israel and have faith in God that he will protect us from our enemy, which is the devil. What Israel did seemed foolish to the citizens of Jericho, but when those walls fell people of jericho wasn't laughing the cross to a lot of people may seem foolish to a lost and unbelieving world but one day there will be no more laughing there will be no more mocking of of jesus but there's going to be sheer terror hebrews 10 31 says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living god it's a fearful thing That's out of Hebrew. That's that's New Testament. But I I think if Joshua or Moses or some of them guys had had that verse, I believe they'd have been yelling that as they was going through the Red Sea. As they were getting away from that Egyptian army, they could have been hollering back, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. He's going to take them out. He could have scared them. So this morning as, as we close out, are you trusting and following God's instructions for your life? God gave the children of Israel instructions. He gave Moses instructions. He said, I need you to wave this rod. I will part the sea, and you will be able to cross this sea. They minded God. They'd done exactly what he said, and he protected them. He saved them. And then we go into Jericho, and he done the same thing. He said, I need you to listen to me. Follow my instructions, march, don't speak, and on the seventh day, seven times, I want you to walk around it and blow your horn, see what happens. Are you trusting God and following his instructions? If you're not, you probably know it, because your life probably, (laughs) probably sucking mud right now. If you're not following God's instructions, a lot of times, you start seeing Bad things happen because you're not minding the Lord. You're trying to do it on you, by yourself. Trust, just trust and let your faith lead you. Let your faith lead you forward. That's what they did. If you noticed, they were always moving forward. God never told them to go back. He said, go forward. Go forward through this sea. Go forward around Jericho. But you're always moving forward. Whatever you do in your life, always move forward and move forward in faith in God and see what happens. Stand with me just a moment. We're going to close out. Move forward in faith. I've, I've heard them say there's no future in the past. We've got to keep moving forward. Everything that we do, move forward. Can't harp on the way you used to be. Can't harp on what things that, that you used to do. You've got to move forward forward. In God, and mind him and in his instructions. Does anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we, we dismiss? Nobody Everybody, here, everybody's quiet. Y'all are freaking out right now because it's 12 o'clock. I know what's going through your mind. Got a lot to be thankful for. We got a lot to pray for Amen. this week. You remember these children we prayed for? Remember Tina, she goes in tomorrow. It is tomorrow, right? The test, right. So remember tomorrow, because one way or the other, she's going to have surgery. Just got to figure out which one it's going to be. Replace it or repair it. Remember Tina tomorrow in prayer. Remember each other. Michael ran up on one when I talked to you the other day, coming, coming from home, on the backside of Beach Mountain. Yeah, it's bad. It, it Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I do remember those and first responders and the doctors as well. That's a, you know, the doctors having to make that last call saying it's over with. So just remember, yeah, read is right. We don't think about that stuff. That's, that's a heavy, heavy load to, to carry. All right, Let's pray. Father, again, we want to thank you for today. God, we thank you for love and kindness and grace and mercy. God, I'm so thankful that you're long-suffering, that you will you put up with our annex, and Lord, you put up with our mouths, and you put up with the way that we sometimes we let you down. But Lord, we just thank you for loving us in your way and forgiving us when we fail you. And I pray, God, today as we move forward in this week, God, that you'd allow us the opportunity to be that witness to somebody that's around us. God, I pray this week as we move forward that we mind your directions. God, we follow your directions. We follow you by faith, knowing that you have the perfect plan for each one of us. God, we do lift up our children, each one of them here today. Place a hedge of protection around them as well. Keep them safe as they get back to school. God, we lift up Tina to you this morning as she knows what's ahead. We know that there's a surgery. God, I pray that tomorrow, that as she sets, that you would give her a peace that passeth all understanding, knowing that you're in control, and whatever those doctors decide is best for her, Lord, you have had a hand in it. God, we just thank you again for that family, for a praying family, and God, that you would just, uh, again, be with them through this time. And Lord, again, for all those that are mourning today, God, I just give them a, a peace of knowing that you're in control. And as Rita's mentioned, for our first responders, God just be with them it is a it is a calling that you've placed on them to to be a help in this community but lord it's a it can be a burden there's there's weight there that nobody understands and i pray god that you would comfort them um and lord just bless them for their efforts lord it, it may have been a a loss physically but lord i pray that it was a gain spiritually in heaven that those people had a relationship with you but god for our first responders just a Lord, I just pray for an extra blessing upon them. Keep them safe as they are out and about in the community doing what they've been trained to do and what you've called them to do. Thank you again for this church and all that they do and all the ones that make it up. All this in your son's name we pray, amen. All right, if it don't snow, I'll see you Wednesday.